0: Hey, I'm Matt Simpkins, pastor of Christ South, and this is our podcast. Thanks for listening. I hope this builds you up. I hope this helps you in your faith. I hope this helps you to see God at work. We'll see you at the end of the podcast. We're going to dive right into scripture this Easter Sunday. We're looking at John chapter 20. This is the story of the resurrection. And and I want to walk through it because as we walk through it, now sometimes I just kind of start preaching on doing some other things. Sometimes I really want to walk through the scripture because the scripture is so rich with stuff. So we're going to walk through the scripture together. It says, early on the first day of the week, while it was still, everybody say that word, dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb. Now, you got to remember for just a minute like where she's been in life, right? She's been walking with Jesus as well. She's probably just as important in a lot of ways as one of the disciples was, even though culture and society didn't view her that way. She was a really important part of this. This is where she's been. She loved Jesus so much, there wasn't much else to do when he died than go to the tomb and mourn. So she heads to the tomb to weep and mourn, And all her expectations at this point have fallen apart, right? Because they thought Jesus was going to be the Messiah. But they didn't quite understand what that meant. So here she is, following back to the tomb. The one thing she knows how to do really well is grieve. He was gone. The Messiah was dead. Now, right as I start reading the scripture, I resonate with it right away. Because how often do we kind of dwell in disaster? Think about this. When you turn on the news... How much of it is good stuff, right? So I watched the news for the first time in a long time because they came out to the, the Easter egg hunt yesterday and, and interviewed me and did a cool thing showing all the kids and all stuff. I wish they put the kids on there instead of me they interviewed because they were way more interesting. But that's all right. That's a whole other thing. But all the way leading up to the first 15 minutes of the news was absolutely horrifying. And the truth of the matter is, it's because we dwell in disaster. It's, easy, it's an easy place to go. It makes sense. It's tangible. It's something that we can all kind of see, and we're all, some, for some reason, attracted to it. And maybe because it's a familiarity in our lives. Who in this room has ever experienced some kind of disaster? Put your hand up say amen. All right, can I preach this morning? Because I'm preaching to everybody that's in this room. Everybody that's in this room. This is the first thing she does. It's before the sun rises. She's there, and instead of dwelling in the light, she goes so early, probably couldn't sleep at night, and she dwells in the dark by the tomb. Good sermon. You guys good? You think that's good? We just stop right there? (laughs) It's Easter. We can't stop right there. But at this moment, all is still lost. Everybody say that. But at this moment, all is still lost came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one who Jesus loved. Note, she never looked in. She just saw that the stone had been removed and said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they've laid him. I mean, this is just kicking some people while they're down. I mean, they've been following this guy around for three years or so, and now all of a sudden he's gone, and somebody's removed the body? Are you kidding me? First they humiliate him, then they torture him, then they humiliate him some more, then they kill him, but it's worse now because they won't even let us mourn. The body is gone, the memorial is desecrated, and she seems to have forgotten everything that Jesus told her in that three years' time because at this moment, all is still lost. Because at this moment... All is still lost. Verse 3 says, Then Peter and the other disciples set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter. Okay, fancy you for outrunning Peter. And reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there. But he did not go in. Imagine the feeling of approaching this tomb out of breath, running as fast as you can, and running not because you know the resurrection's happened. Remember, they don't have that post-resurrection lenses like we do. We get to see all of that. We know what the whole story is. We know what happens at the end becomes the beginning, but they don't. They just saw him die. They're running to the tomb, exhausted. They're running because they're devastated. They They had heard everything Jesus has said, too. They saw everything that he did, yet they still didn't get it either. Jesus, on that Thursday that we celebrate that Maundy Thursday service, and like Pastor Melody said when we got together up at the Providence campus, she said, "You drew them in close. Like a mama that knows that there's something coming, or a daddy that knows there's something coming in their life of their child, and they hold them close. They had an intimate meal in the upper room. And Jesus had so well prepared them for what was coming up. But here they were lost, hurting, alone. But imagine this. Imagine looking in. And all that's left there are burial clothes. What's the first thing that you would think of if you saw him in the burial clothes, put into the tomb, then you went to the tomb, and there's just burial clothes lying there? What's the first thing you think? They took Jesus away, and they took him away naked? Like they couldn't even be that nice to just keep the burial clothes on him. I mean, who are these people? It's just horrible. It's terrible. And at this moment, all is still lost. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up on a place by itself. I have to imagine that he thought to himself, The words of Jesus, Peter, on you, I will build my church. But Peter, in this moment, is still reeling from denying Jesus three times. He just denied Jesus three times. How could you build your church on me? You even said I was going to deny you. How could you... How can you build anything on me, God? How could you see anything but my wickedness, my brokenness, and my faults? At this moment, all is still lost. Y'all got to help me out this this morning, church, or else the sermon gets real long if you don't talk. Talk back to me, okay? At this moment, all is still lost. If they want a fast sermon, got to get to the buffet. Then the other disciple, verse 8, who reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw, and he believed. For as yet, they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Even though he walked around telling them this, even just a few days before he told them this, even though he said everything that was going to happen, happened, and even though they probably should have known this, they still didn't get it. Notice this. It's not like the other, oh yeah, it's not until the other disciple leans in with Peter that he believes. All alone, they've got nothing. They only see burial clothes. They all just assume the worst. All alone, they don't see Jesus' resurrection. They only see loss and death and what could have been. I, I'm going to go off topic for a minute here because I have a friend that I was talking to about church one day. It's like, oh, man, it's really cool. I'm so glad you're a pastor. I, uh, it's cool you do what you do over there, which is like work for one hour a week. That's what pastors do. <laughs> he said, but I got to tell you, man, I don't really need church. I just don't. I still don't need it. I don't need it in my life. It's not something I really want. I can hit the holidays, and that's fine. I can do that. I don't need church. I can kind of have just my own faith by myself. And I was like, cool, I get it. There's a lot going on these days. Anybody in this place not have a busy schedule? I hear some grumblings. If you have a busy schedule, say, yep. Mm, We have five children just trying to get through a day. (laughs) And the church, really, it's hard for introverts introverts don't really like church necessarily pastors said we gotta touch hands we gotta talk to people they just made me share the peace twice I had to greet people in the name of Jesus I don't wanna talk to anybody it's ridiculous there's no antibacterial spray in here for everybody's hands they're touching hands it's flu season it's always flu season I don't like people anyway so leave me alone I've never heard those things before I had a woman come to worship and she had um, she had just lost her husband And I remember that I used to always enjoy kind of sitting close to her because, man, when she would sing, when she would sing like the hymns, she'd always find that one harmony that you just loved to hear. You know that one harmony that just kind of like took the whole thing to a new level? Anybody sat by somebody in church and all of a sudden you got like chill bumps on your arms? Say, yeah, I I heard that voice before. You heard that voice before? Oh, man. She was devastated. She was alone. She was hurting. But she came in. And she pulled me aside right before church to grab my shirt and she said, hey, Pastor, I can't sing today. And in my head, I was like, Well, are you, are you singing in the choir? Or like, are you singing in, um, like are you singing a, a special song or something? Like I wasn't aware that you were you were planning on singing. So she said, I can't sing, I can't sing the hymns today. Today you sing for me. You might not need the church, but the church needs you. Amen? Turn to somebody next to you and say the church needs you. See, in this scripture, their belief comes together in community. Together in the tomb, they believe. But at this moment, for Mary, all is still lost. Verse 10 says, then the disciples returned to their homes. (laughs) They just rolled out. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. Now, I'm not sure what happened in the interaction with the disciples because she knew right where they were, went and found them. They came running, got there. She arrived sometime after that. I don't know how fast she runs in comparison to Peter and the other disciple who's super fast. But anyway, so they get there. There's got to be some kind of interaction, but we don't know what it is. Did they say anything? We don't know. All we know is that the disciples went in, saw this, had some sort of like light bulb go off, but not quite get it. Scripture tells us. And then they just went home. So Mary is left here mourning and weeping back right where the story started at this moment all is still lost as she wept she bent over to look in the tomb says verse 11 and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of jesus had been lying one at the head and the other at the feet they said to her woman why are you weeping i have to say i think they said it just like that woman why are you weeping he said to them, they've taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they've laid him. When I was reading this scripture, it was in this moment that it clicked for me. This story isn't about the disciples at all. I mean, they're almost like side characters in this story. We know this because of the disciple who apparently is writing about all this and is super into himself and his relationship with Jesus, whom Jesus loved, and is super fast, faster than Peter. This is such an important part of the story, claims to believe and then exits stage left. The very one who could be the entirety of this story. I ran there, I got there first. I'm a man, I went in there and I believed and I believed in community and I believed for Peter and we believed for everybody else and then we walked out of the place and I started preaching and everything came together and it was all about me, but no, he just rolls out. And here's Mary, woman, outsider. This story is about Mary, the outsider faithful, loving, broken, lost. Not even the presence of angels shakes her, right? And the other scripture we said, it said that there were two men there. This one says angels. She walks into the tomb sitting on either side who weren't there before are now angels. And not only the angels, but they're talking to her and they're in all white and it still doesn't shake her. She's in that place in her life where everything is lost. Have you ever been in that moment where everything is so frustrating, so devastating, you're feeling so much loss, it says, oh, don't you worry, everything's going to be fine. And you think to yourself, okay, I don't think you fully understand what kind of hurt I'm going on in my life. She's just thinking, I've lost my Messiah, my King, my friend, my Savior, and now it's even worse. His body's gone and I can't even mourn. Who's walking? With Mary right now in this room. Are you walking with Mary? Somebody say amen. Because at this moment, all is still lost. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she didn't know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Same question. The exact same word. Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you carried him away, tell me where you've laid him, and I'll take him away. Gosh, what devastation is in her words. If you've got him. She turned around. I wonder how long Jesus had been standing there. How often in our devastation do we miss Jesus standing right next to us? We cling to our pain. We rush to the tomb. We look at the burial clothes and forget who was in them. And we forget the whole story. We stare at our problems and ignore Jesus standing with us. But there he was standing close to her the whole time. And until she turned around, she couldn't even see him. She thought he was a gardener, which means that she had to have supposed that the gardener was there doing things. Because why would you know that they were a gardener unless they were attending to something in the garden? Which means that Jesus was probably there for quite some time in the dark, in the garden, by the tomb, before she ever got there. Somebody say amen on that one right there. But there he was, standing close to her the whole time, But even then, she doesn't see him. Brothers and sisters, if you are hurting in your life, and even turning around looking for Jesus and you still don't see him, listen, you're in really good company. The disciples and and Mary, you're in really good company. But at this moment, all is still lost. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not hold on to me because I've not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I'm ascending to my Father, to your Father, to my God, your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. And in that moment, That moment, that moment changed everything. Say it with me. That moment changed everything. Think about this. Jesus, the Lord of all creation, is alive. He could have been anywhere. He could have appeared to Pilate. He could have walked right up to him and said, gotcha, ha ha. He could have been in front of all of the Pharisees and the high priests, and he could have said, boom, eat it son I'm alive y'all thought you got me you didn't get me he could have been appearing to the masses of people leaving town that had just been there for the Passover and been like hey fooled you I thought you thought I was dead you saw me on the cross now I'm not Woo! but he didn't if he was disguised as the gardener somehow why didn't he even appear to the disciples He didn't appear to the disciples right then and there because that's not the kind of God we have that's all about the big show and the big reveal. This is the God of the outsider that meets you at the tomb, that walks with you back to life, that cares about you when you feel like nobody else does, that knows you by name and reaches out to you in that pit of despair and calls you by name and brings you back home. Preach to me, church. This is about Mary... In this time, women were an afterthought, lesser than, especially single women, but Jesus loves the outsider, meets her first. So maybe today, maybe today you're feeling like you're in the midst of that darkness. Maybe you're feeling a little bit alone and lost, and even though you put on your Easter best and you're looking sharp, and you're feeling good, and you're throwing on the smile. Deep inside there is some sort of chasm of hurt that's waiting and hoping that Jesus is standing behind you. Maybe you're thinking, at this moment, all is still lost. Brothers and sisters, this story is your story. Jesus came for you for us to drive away the darkness to heal and restore brothers and sisters today is a new day because death has lost life wins it's not to say that you won't experience pain in your life it's not to say that you won't experience disaster or frustration or devastation that they won't come but loss and hurt don't win the gospel is how we know the rest of this story in this moment All is restored. The tomb is empty. The relationship is made new. The kingdom of God defeated death and invites us into the tomb to see the good news, to touch the good news. No matter how long we stand at the tomb, no matter how long, the story remains the same. The tomb doesn't win. Preach to me, church. Somebody say amen. Because the stone, the stone wasn't rolled away so that Jesus could get out. The stone was rolled away so that we could see in. That the tomb was empty, that death had lost, and no longer were we slaves, for He is risen. He is risen. He is risen. He is risen. risen. risen Pray with me, church. Good and gracious God, glory and honor be to you for loving the outsider, for loving be ashamed for loving us in the midst of the tombs that we stand beside. We hope for you. We know the story of the resurrection and we know that you've given us that story through the waters of baptism. thanks and praise this Easter day for meeting us in this house, for creating us, creating in us new hearts, for making us children of God. All praise and honor and glory be to you, Holy Father, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, I hope that was helpful. If so, I ask you a couple of things. One, share this with a friend so that they can hear some good news in their life, too. And if you want to continue that impact beyond, we ask that you go to ChristSouth.org to the online giving tab and give to this ministry so that we can continue to share this with others. We'll see you on the next podcast or maybe in person at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at Polo Ridge Elementary in Charlotte, North Carolina. Blessings and peace. Have an awesome week.